Control-Alt-Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 97.7. It's 10 past 7. It's Monday morning, and there's Mitch. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? Oh, fine and dandy. Hard not to be with this weather, huh? Great weather. It's a, it's a sw- it's, it's sweating out there. Yeah. Some days you need a sweater, some days you're just sweating out there. <laughs> yeah, the, this is the sweating portion of the year. Um, I, uh, this is, uh, I like this topic, uh, for, uh, the fact that everybody has been indoors and at home for so long. I must admit when I saw this story about a video game for kids, uh, who struggle with attention deficit disorder, um, I rolled my eyes, um, and thought, really, is this the answer? You say it might be. Not only is it the answer, it's by prescription only, which is, I think, what makes this story so profoundly interesting. And this was covered, it came out late last week, and I still think it's really interesting. But there has been a new prescription for kids with ADHD, and Mm -hmm. it is, in fact, a video game. It's a game. It's called Endeavor RX, um, and it's by uh, a company based in Silicon Valley. And they've been working for many years to get this approved by the Food and Drug Administration. So not here in Canada yet, but it's, a, it's in the U.S., and it's a good step forward. And basically, according to the company, they're saying that one-third of kids treated no longer had a measurable attention deficit on at least one measure of objective attention. After playing this game, which is sort of like an obstacle dodging type game, mm-hmm. apparently it's very, very difficult, but 25 minutes a day, five days a week for four weeks. And they really paid attention to the science behind this and got it approved through the FDA. And you can't play it. It's by prescription only. A doctor has to prescribe it to you. And it's incredible to think about this. I like it better than drugs. That's for sure. Well, that was the big thing. Like a, a lot of people who've interviewed this company basically said, well, why make it prescription only if it's this effective? Why not give it access to everybody? And they said, look, they grappled with this a lot over the several years that they went down this path. And they ultimately decided that there's a moral opportunity here to society, which is that it would be lovely to be in a place where doctors can prescribe non-pills as a way to get people better. And it's, again, you could sort of go both ways and say, well, just open it up. But I think that it's an interesting path. If we can go down a road where we're not prescribing pills, basically prescribing interventions that actually do work and have been proven scientifically, why not go for this? And I think it's just an amazing story. All right, let's uh, talk about uh, Twitter. I'm on Twitter and uh, I do use Twitter, but I also think Twitter is the swamp of social media. It's where... Uh, people can get, uh, I mean, people can get nasty anywhere on social media, but, uh, there's something, uh, especially evil about Twitter and some of the people on it. I got to be honest with you. Um, so I was puzzled when I saw this, uh, story about tweeting my voice. I don't, uh, I don't think that's a, it's a necessary feature, but I guess it's one we're going to, we're going to have, or we already have it. We already do have it. Um, okay. You're, I mean, look, ultimately, Terry, you know, social media, especially lately, has been a very big dumpster fire. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yep. My, my usual recommendation is just unfollow. Follow the people or, or institutions that you 
believe in, yep. that you think are providing you a level of diversity, because you don't only want to follow what you believe in. You do want a bit of diversity, but there are legitimate sources on even sides you don't agree with that can provide you with information. But you're right. Twitter last week basically came out and said, look, we know you've got 280 characters of text, but we're going to do something interesting here. And if you go to create a tweet, you'll notice in the sort of bottom left-hand side where the camera is in the pictures, there's sort of a little wave. And now you can actually hold that and record your voice instead of tweeting, and then you can sort of describe it in a short tweet. If you go over the limitations for voice, which I believe now is somewhere around 140 seconds, it'll continue it for you and break the tweet up into multiple tweets. Look, I look at this and go, any social platform allows you to record a video or a picture and put it up there. I don't see it being any different from Twitter. There's no doubt that when you read the sort of blog post that they did to release it, you could easily see how this could go down a sort of a, a political you know, path and, and make it sort of less pleasant. But basically they're saying, I mean, if, you, if, if I'm looking at the post right now, it says things like, you know, whether it's story time about your encounter with wild geese in your neighborhood, a journalist <laughs> sharing breaking news, or a firsthand account from a protest, we hope voice tweeting gives you the ability to share your perspective quickly and easily with your voice. So yeah. I like the intent of it because, look, we do radio. We like hearing each other's voices. You can hear more in a voice than you can usually read in a tweet. So I like the path. I, I just do question the moment they released it because the, the times right now are so contentious. Yeah, it's the first thing I think of when I think of Twitter is somebody taking a walk in the woods and tweeting about nature. <laughs> but I know many people who Come on. really say that Twitter is the best out of the lot right now because they've really curated their list. So they mm -hmm. have their sort of celebrities, they have their sports, they have their business, and they yeah. find it's more manageable than yeah. some of the other social platforms, which can be really crazy. Well, I, I agree with you 100%. It's all in the, to me, it's all in the way you personally curate it. And for me, it's like an old-fashioned magazine rack because of the people that I follow. So, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, I, it's like you say, entertainment and sports and, you know, politicians. And I try and f I, I try and follow people who are somewhat reasonable, who have a different political uh, bent than I do, uh, because, I, you know, I don't want to live in a bubble. I want to I want to see other people's opinions. But, uh, oh, boy, some people are vile. Yeah, and you know, when I started on the internet, people would say, I heard it's just pornography and gambling. And I'm like, it can be if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of know? course. But yeah. I don't see that stuff yeah. if I don't have to. Yeah. I want to. This, um, uh, this uh, last story that we're going to talk about here this morning, this really intrigued me. I... I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm. I don't travel as much as you do, but I love airplanes and airports, and I. I love. I love flying around and and getting away, but I don't think I love it this much. Tell me about this virtual tour of airports. Yeah, if we only lived in Taiwan, Terry, we could see how much you missed it. But <laughs> I, again, I came across this. I was sort of just going through my news on Sunday, and Travel and Leisure magazine online had this headline that this airport in Taiwan is opening for pretend vacations and flights to nowhere. <laughs> and I thought, what is going on here? And it's the Songcheng Airport in Taiwan, which is the smaller of the two that they have. And it's actually been impacted in a big way, obviously, all airports have, but this one in particular, because it only does regional type flights, their bigger airport, I guess, is still taking certain amount of flights back and forth. But they're hosting a tour that basically allows people to go to the airport, 
without actually going anywhere. It's uh, almost like a seminar, I guess. It's a half-day experience. You get a tour of the airport. You have a mock immigration experience. And then ultimately, you get the chance to board the plane and then disembark without going anywhere. (laughs) It's crazy. bizarre. But I guess, you know, if you've got small kids or you sort of just have a passion for airports and planes, maybe it's a fun activity if everything else is closed. But when I sort of read that headline, I thought, what have we become? I mean, really, it's crazy. You could get in a plane, I guess, and look out the window and it'll be like a virtual reality experience where you actually think you're going somewhere. Who knows? This may be a good time to mention, too, uh, things have changed at YUL, at the Montreal airport now. You're not allowed in the building unless you're traveling, and there's a whole bunch of new protocols uh, for people who may be using the airport in the coming weeks and months. Make sure you familiarize yourself with the new rules at the Montreal airport uh, that were announced in these last couple of days. Not that a lot of people are flying these days, but if you've got to fly, Things have changed at uh, Trudeau Airport. Um, yeah, what's, there's, there's masks. Yeah. And there's only one or two entrances. Yeah. It's gonna be, there's going to be temperature checks. So if you are traveling, it's going to be a much longer process than yes. what already was a longer process. Yeah, although I would imagine a lot less people in the airport these days, that's for sure. I'm um, only heading back when they open the lounge, Terry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're a smart man. What's, uh, what's your app of the week? We've been battling with emails, well, since the internet basically existed, and there have been companies who've come forward since then to try and change email. And a new one has come into the fold last week called Hey, H-E-Y dot com. And there is hope for this one. People are saying it is really exciting. I have yet to try it, but it's by the makers of Basecamp. And Basecamp are people who have developed a very powerful project management tool that many, many companies and organizations use. They're a very, very smart company. It is not free. It is actually priced very steeply. Uh, So it's an expensive tool to have. But people who are in there are giving it pretty rave reviews. There's some contention with it because Apple has ejected it from their app store for now. But I'm sure that'll get resolved. But if you're looking at a new way to think about email differently and who isn't now that we're all trapped at home, I would recommend checking out, hey, it's hey.com. And it really does look like an interesting way to see email and handle emails and reply to emails. Fantastic. As always, we will put the the link to that uh, app of the week up with uh, the conversation that we have every Monday with Mitch at Shom.com after 10 o'clock this morning. Mitch, thanks so much. Enjoy the weather. We'll talk next week. Happy Father's Day to all, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Terry.